Belmack presents Alfonso Ribeiro. Hi. You know, I wasn't born a dancer. I learned to do it with a lot of help. And with my help, you can learn, too. Moves like the moonwalk. Or the King Tut. It's all right here in the Breaking and Popping book. Almost a hundred pages that simply and clearly take you through the moves. In a few minutes, you could be doing backspins that will flip out your friends or eye-popping moves like the centipede. My step-by-step -step guide starts with the basics, but takes you all the way to tough moves like the windmill. It's all right here in my easy-to-follow book. And tell mom and dad it's the safe way to break and pop, not the things you shouldn't try. With my book comes a fold-out breaking board Carry it around to give you a huge 65 by 70 safe dancing area anywhere. Can you rap? Well, there's even a full rap sheet included. Plus, this instruction poster to hang on the wall with even more breaking and popping moves. Yep, you get my book. Fold up breaking board, rap sheet, and instruction poster. Plus, you get the right kind of music. Rap attack. Hey, you you like volume one, volume two is radical. Yes, you get my breaking and popping book, the rap sheet, instruction poster, a fold-off breaking board, plus the double album rapid deck, all for under 20 bucks. Alfonso's right, only $19.99. Due to incredible demand, COD orders are impossible. For credit card orders, call 1-800-453-8500 or send $19.99 plus $3 shipping and handling to Breakin' and Poppin', 443 West 50th Street, New York. Alfonso's offer is great for all ages. Have your mom or dad order one now. From the ashes of the Canon Film Group, it's Scraping the Vault. Do you, can you do you rap? Can you rap? Can you <laughs> do you know rap? karate? I uh, rap sheet. Uh, These voices that are also in your head, besides possibly the voices that are actually in your head, but uh -huh. that's between you and mental health professional. Uh, that was Jimmy. Jimmy was the first one saying hi. He's, he's hey, scratching. He's scratching. Professionals. <laughs> and Audrey, who is? Yo, my name is Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here to say I'm a I'm mental health slap professional ass in, in a major, major way. way. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo is here to stay. <laughs> mental what, yeah. health professionals shout hooray. <laughs> D On S of the MV5. <laughs> if you got health, if you got mental problems, you know you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> Go to better help, and they'll tell you to watch Electric Boogaloo. And now here's a break with our, with our sponsor, Blue Chew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we watched Breaking 2 Electric mm, Boogaloo. We sure did. And before or after we watched it, depending on when each of us individually watched it, we intended to record. And a time yes. that would have been having us would have been having us. Sure, why not? Would have had us releasing this very episode on our usual time, which is the thirtieth or sometimes the thirty-first. However, I have Spectrum cable, uh, so oh, we yes. will be including a couple ads for Spectrum, <laughs> um, thanking them for uh, their fantastic service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so we we didn't record it then, fortunately, because I watched it today. Yay! And when is this coming Yay. out then, Dan? Or are we going to release two in January? I think we're. I think probably just whenever I get this done, we'll I'll send it to you. Awesome, we can release it. So you get Wonderful. two in Surprise. January. New year, new two scraping the vault episode, and it's it, we're in the season of. Dealer's Choice. Yes, that's right. As you know, we watched The Year Without a Santa Claus for Put December. on your gambling visors. <laughs> that's right. Dealer's Choice. <laughs> that reminds me of Can't Buy Me Love. Did you ever watch that? Mm, maybe. I don't think so. Oh, it was a, it was Patrick Dempsey and this woman I had a huge crush on. She's passed early. Amanda Peterson, I think her name is. Anyway. I'm not going to lie, Jimmy. That narrows it down to many actresses based on what you said on this was very show. Was she the woman <laughs> who had a concussion while skiing with her family? No, that's uh, Liam Neeson's wife. This this was an uh-huh. 80s quote-unquote star. She was in a movie called Listen to Me, which is a debate film starring Jamie Gertz and uh, Christian icon – Jesus. Jesus? No, God, what's his name? <laughs> Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron is a debate movie. Judas and she's Iscariot. in that one. She can't walk. Anyway, Can't Buy Me Love. They were nerds. They played cards. They had visors. And he says, what game we're going to play? Dealer's Choice. Mm-hmm. And that's when you said visor. Anyway, it's a long road. I'm sure you followed along, listeners. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dealer's Choice. The the You're Without a Santa Claus. Dan chose Break into Electric Boogaloo. Audrey chose whatever comes out on January 30th. I don't know yet. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but it's a zinger. Uh, yeah. Yes. It's going to be so, fantastic. Uh, pre sale is open now. So be sure to great. Venmo us um, $85. My if you Venmo have any ideas, is... you can call in. It's 856 Our Ears, as That's you know. Right. And it'll uh, be much easier than getting Taylor Swift tickets. It'll have. <laughs> Really great downloadable content, um, loot boxes, and uh, Fortnite emojis. So Sweet. <laughs> so I, I chose this one specifically because, first of all, it's a fantastic, like, classic good-bad movie. Mm-hmm. And also, too, because um, it that's actually its name, Electric Boogaloo. And uh, many people, it's like a common thing for people to say like, hey, it's Cable Guy 2, Electric Boogaloo or whatever. It's like, it's just, it's completely common and this is where it comes from. So it feels fitting for our show to do Breaking 2. I have a, I have a whole paragraph about the cultural infamy of this film. Nice. And I think you already said it. It is uh, nice to see, to finally tie up that loose end. Because people, yeah, right. people use references all the time that they have no idea where they come from, myself that's a good included. Point. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah. check that mm-hmm. box off the list. This is a deserved uh, cultural icon. The next Speaking one is, of- say hello to my little friend, because I have not seen that movie. <laughs> oh, God. Scarface. Seen it. I so. haven't either. I have. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of cultural icons, uh, another culture. I'm I'm, I'm going to make this transition uncut. There, okay, it's already it. uncomfortable. It. No, I Go. wanted to make it bad. Okay, so um, we are Olympics. Wait, are hold here. on. Are we transitioning? Yes. Okay. No, oh, <laughs> I, I, yes, this is a transition in broadcasting. To the did you transitions? There, it is a mess, and I feel good about it. Uh, <laughs> we have the Olympic committee rules on break stop scrolling okay i also have a new mouse uh rules for <laughs> breakdancing i didn't know it was an olympic sport 
Oh no! It is. I just learned it will be in the Paris Olympics. That's yeah. pretty freaking. This movie is still relevant. Rad. It sure is. Now, What's my eighties slang? Rad. Yo. Jerkin. Yo. Yo. Rad. This and Gnarly. by the way, this I'm fi- I finally have a reason to include art of noise in Gnarly. something. Uh, so we have power moves, which are a complex set of movements. Uh, the breakers showcase by spinning their whole body on hands, elbows, back, head, or shoulders. The gravity-defying acrobatic movements require superior strength, balance, and flexibility. So, for instance, the air flare power move requires dancers to rotate their body whilst upside down while alternating their balance on either arm and moving in a circular path. Meanwhile, flare is a common acrobatic move that is also done by gymnasts. It involves balancing the torso on alternating arms and swinging the legs underneath in circles. Um, so, the, uh, so we have these different things that we can use. There's flare, there's power moves, there's down rock, uh, most crucial and often the highlight of the performance, which involves all moves down on the floor. There's also top rock, which is uh, all moves performed by standing up. Are you and guys a top rock a- or a bottom rock? I'm verse. I'm verse. Um, He's by by rocker. Yeah, uh, and then in the end you have a freeze where a breaker comes to a standstill in an unusual position, usually something that looks like impossible to sustain. So, breaking battle format: uh, athletes or breakers, as they're called, go up against each other in a one versus one battle and take alternate turns or throwdowns to perform their routines. Uh, usually features a mixed number of sets from all breakers. Uh, I guess Red Bull do, did things. So it's judging, uh, they judge off creativity, personality, technique, variety, performativity, and musicality. I don't know if any, if all that made sense, but I'm done reading that because Wait. I'm <laughs> tired of hearing my own voice. So there weren't rules that you couldn't do. Like there wasn't a you can't do this move or that move. It was just saying the the moves you could do. Yeah, because I think it's like part of it is you're making up your own moves, but there's like, you know, there's the top moves, the bottom moves, and the there's like there's different categories of you're you're probably expected to do. It's like I, I think it's probably like a floor show for the gym gym for them gymnasts. Yeah, it's probably like, okay, it's scoring this, difficulty and, and stuff. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be. I mean, it's so subjective. I mean, like any art. I mean, yeah, breakdancing I mean, is an art. It's like somebody like having a, a Olympic like contest about oil paintings. Like I don't know how do you <laughs> how do you win that? Well, uh, the the history and I looked into it a little bit of, of breakdancing does include like there's a, there's martial arts elements, there's mm-hmm. gymnastic elements. There, it's like this. It's it's kind of dare I say cool. <laughs> well, oh. if this movie's any indication, I'd say no. Although you did, you did, there is a fight sequence. There's kind of a rumble under oh, the underpass, my and they're just God. dance fighting, but they're not actually hitting each other. They're Here's, dance fighting, and I and I thought that that was abs- well, it is absurd. But I it thought that, but I thought completely bonkers. I thought that, that I was like, okay, this is stupid. But actually, it, apparently, that is in the history of breakdancing. That was an actual thing. 
like right. st- street gangs would actually be like instead of like beating each other up, they'd be like, "All right, let's have a dance off," <laughs> which again sounds it's ridiculous. Dance off, but, but that's kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, the dance off the way it splits out into like one v one smaller groups, the way like a normal rumble would. That's mm-hmm. completely ridiculous. Like, don't you think they would stay in a stage area? Maybe this is my. Who knows? Un- These are the streets, Audrey. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't a performance. These are the streets, the mean streets, <laughs> where every race is represented. Keep going. I, I, so I, here's what I loved about it oh, is it. that there, <laughs> there's no, there's no. So like Nailed it's the 80s, right? Mount. It's early 80s, and like there's no rhyme or reason to race, which is awesome. Everybody just blends together. There's no commentary on it. And any of the rich white people commentary, it's not about the color of their skin. It's about their station in life, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's not a racist movie in any way. And I really like that. Like there was no commentary to my, to me anyway, there was no commentary on race. This rich white girl shows up in the hood and everybody just embraces her. She's like, Hey, special K, you know, cause her name is Kelly. Yeah. If anything, of course the, it is. The, the commentary is about like, okay, well, it's not like all white people or all black people or all this. It's more like, okay, this person is a, a an investor in land and right. he's going to be interested in that. And that's going to have certain implications. Uh, yeah. So it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a friend and he says, I don't think I've ever seen it. I said, you've seen it because it's every eighties movie. Yeah. Minus the plot, minus the, the stakes. <laughs> everything else you've seen in a lot of ways to me it's like i was it felt like i was watching a musical Mm -hmm. but the musical was having a stroke the whole time yeah uh, yeah, because like it just went from one scene to another and it just things abrupted or ended so abruptly and went on to the next thing completely resolved yeah oh yeah homeboy kids in the hospital with a broken leg the next minute he's dancing on a tractor or whatever it's like what's happening it's musical rules and just like in musical rules everybody in this world break dances that's correct oh i'll get to it the uh, nurses the meter maid everybody you can see how later dancing movies take a lot of uh cues from it and and improve on them in some ways uh oh i think i lost you guys you're both frozen no. oh no you're still there we're here oh, okay we're still here. Uh, <laughs> i was yeah. the movie that i'm thinking of is center stage which is about a ballerina played by julia styles who goes to a ballet school but then also like learns hip-hop from oh i can't remember the actor's name anyway the, jesus christ it's <laughs> kirk cameron <laughs> It's a really cheesy movie and I love it and it's really bad also. But yeah. the difference, one of the main differences in the dance scenes is that like the music actually matches up to what the characters are doing most of the time. Whereas mm-hmm. in this movie, the music is just playing over top and then yeah, the music yeah. is there. There's well, like there a montage times, of unconnected, disconnected scenes happening. Yes. The there whole times movie too, is so annoying. There, there are times too when the editing makes the music like weirdly offbeat, especially. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Really, it's really. Irritating. Yeah. Oh, I did boy. not know what to expect walking in. I yeah. told my wife, like, I gotta go watch this stupid movie. And like <laughs> an hour and a half later, I'm like, why did I love that so much? I know. <laughs> so, uh, I have a trailer. It's so simple. And it, it is actually a trailer for this actual movie. Oh, wonderful. 
what you've all been waiting to see. For nine months. Ice, ice tea. Electric Boogaloo. Oh, no. Ultimate show. I'm leaving out. Ozone and Turbo. Electric Boogaloo is breakdance too. Yes, ooh. Hi. Electric Boogaloo's action. Dance the best you'll get. If you like breakdance when you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's basically doing the show for us. This That's right. There is an enemy, so they must unite. Because to say what you believe in, sometimes you must fight. And the beer you might want to drink while you watch the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the episode over. And once you've seen this movie, you'll believe in the beast. Whoa, that was abrupt. Oh, I love this song. The great ending. I think we lost Uh-oh, Audrey. Hi, Audrey. This actually works out perfectly. We'll get Audrey back when the trailer's in I think her internet might be having a hard time. Yeah, it is. I'm back. Sorry. Is that Rashina E or something like that? Who is that? I don't know. I know Shaka Khan did some music for us. And of course, I see. No, don't miss it. Break dance too. If you forget it, you'll regret it. Electric Boogaloo. Another good one from Canon. Hell yeah. <laughs> Another good one, one from Canon. <laughs> <laughs> no, the last one from Canon oh. is, I think, uh, Masters of the Universe. Is that a real movie? Oh, oh, it is. It is absolutely a real <laughs> movie. Um, I unplugged my earphones, so I didn't hear what you said. What movie? Uh, Masters of the Universe. Starting oh, I love Dolph that movie. Lundgren. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> and a young Monica Geller. I don't know Post Dancing in the Dark video. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Uh, Courtney, Courtney Cox. Cox. Yes, yeah. that's right. That was a great movie. A horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> a horrible movie. So good, yeah. though. By that the way, was in the whole Rocky Four era when Dolph Lundgren was like the biggest star in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crisco budget on that. <laughs> the little <laughs> that alien guy. Sky high. Um yeah, uh, the yeah. If if you're not familiar, I don't remember if I said it while we recorded or not. The Canon Film Group is amazing, and they were basically known for um, sinking money into just whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like it. Some some of the movies were big hits. Some of them were not. Most of them were not. But uh, basically, uh, Charles Bronson, he was one of theirs. Chuck mm-hmm. Norris, a lot of Chuck oh. Norris movies. Oh. They tracks. A lot of weird, like, 80s movies with a ton of things blowing up. That's mm-hmm. canon. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I love it. So do you have anything about 1984 or do you want me to give you a, a high-level synopsis of this film? That's all I have. Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo is a 1984 American dance musical film directed by fam- Sam Furstenberg. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel to the 1984, same year, mm-hmm. uh, breakdancing film <laughs> Breakin'. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo was released seven months after its predecessor by TriStar Jeez. Pictures. <laughs> In some international locations, the film was released under the title Breakdance 2 Electric Boogaloo. Another sequel, Rappin', also known as Breakdance 3. Oh, I didn't know that was part was of it. Was made 
but yeah. it had an unconnected plot and different lead characters. Uh, Only Ice T features in all three films. Wow. That's pretty weird. Yes. Uh, the film grossed 2921000 in its first five days, starting December 21st, 1984, playing at 717 theaters in the United States and Canada, and went on to gross $15.1 million in the United States and Canada, and less than half of its predecessor. Oh, boy. So, for you theme park nerds, here's, <laughs> here's what I would say. It's like Captain EO, this movie. It's a 90-minute music video with nonsensical fantasy and no real stakes, but you leave feeling great about people and passion. Yeah. It's Captain EO. Because Captain EO is nonsensical. Like, it... It just moves from one scene to another. There's really no stakes. It's really just a big music video with a budget, you know, whatever. Yeah, and famously. I, I mean, there is a plot to this movie. It's just... Well, there's a plot to Captain EO, too, but uh, it's still yeah. stupid. It's stupid. It's super predictable. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, I indeed. think also it's it's like the classic, like, you know, wealthy landowner wants to, mm-hmm. you know, d- take over this and, like, he may as well be twirling his mustache and uh-huh. and the the solution is let's put on a show it's very little rascals yeah. oh my gosh and brady <laughs> bunch and and like um i think little rascals was in this article dan i'm not i'm not lying um <laughs> so the only twist audrey the only plot twist is the rich white dude is not the protagonist's father the fact that her dad is not the wealthy landowner. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's well, the only plot twist. That I wonder if that makes the movie a little weaker. It, I think it does. Uh, that's where all the stakes would have come from if it was mm-hmm. her dad who was the wealthy land developer, and she's the one that wants to save this, you know, underprivileged dance hall that does boxing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I do like that they change it up, though, because it's like they do start him off in a sympathetic role to the landowner, which is like, well, he even says at some point, these people don't know what to do with my blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, and that's, and, yeah, very much not racist. It was very much, you know, your type of person, which is a street person, doesn't know how to handle money. Right, right. Um, I mean, I there would probably be debate about whether but yes i'm gonna just yeah default I mean, to it agree was with not you. over let me put yeah it what well, it's it's in it's in question like there's there's a conversation to be had with that character of like what exactly did you mean by that you know um, right yeah well exactly we all know what he meant right right but 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 that's a that's actually a really nice refreshing thing there's a, at no point is it straight up just like we're going to do the obvious thing. Yeah, there's no N-word. There's no color mention of color of skin at all. Yeah, and it, it might be is somewhere deep in the hearts of these characters somewhere, but that would have been a choice made by the actor, not by the, the script. Right. And that's, for the time, that's impressive. Complete with, so Kelly's the main character. She's a, white, a rich white girl who goes into the hood and is effectively in love with... Um, What's his name? Uh, oh, Ozone. Ozone. Who's a break dancer. And, um, you know, it, it, she, she brings Ozone home and her, his friend Rocket, or what was his name? Turbo. Turbo. And, you Those know, they go to so see cool. if, see if dad will help <laughs> give them the money to save the place because this landowner wants to buy it. They need to raise $200,000. Let's ask my dad. So she brings, you know, guess who's coming to dinner? Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the mom invites the, the, 
old boyfriend, Ponzi Karate Kid Ugh. with Johnny. But and of that, course, that's like halfway through the movie. We have a whole. Development. Well, no, no, no. I'm not giving the synopsis. Oh, I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay. The, for yeah. the listener, the the 80s stereotype of it all. The ex boyfriend is, you Tad, guessed it, British. British. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he is. Anyway, yeah. all right. So I have an article, guys, and please stop me because it's long, and we'll we'll stop. I'll I'll take breaks to discuss what's happening. But uh, what this is is an article about the movie as a whole with subsections, and then there's a detailed plot synopsis. So we'll talk about it. This is written by, um, it's by T- Tasha Robinson, published on June 18th, 2008. Mm. The title of this article, I watched <laughs> this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make you any special. Or yeah, yeah. Us. I yeah. watched this on purpose. Breaking two electric boogaloo. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes this is from the AV Club, by the way. Sometimes even the AV Club isn't impervious to the sexy allure of extendable cultural garbage, uh, which is why there is <laughs> what an opening. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I watched this on purpose. Our feature exploring the impulse to spend time with uh, trashy-looking yet in some way irresistible entertainments, playing the long odds in hopes of a real reward and a good time. This is what Dan was talking about before. Cultural infamy. 1984's Break Into Electric Boogaloo contributed precisely one thing to the cultural zeitgeist (laughs) that the far more successful Break-In hadn't already provided. A zingy subtitle that could be added to the end of virtually any sequel. To this day, children of the 80s will still frequently reference, say, Saw 2, Electric Boogaloo, or The Hills Have Eyes 2, Electric Boogaloo. And it always works. It always works. And you've heard it on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Dan has done it. Mm-hmm. Um, largely because the built-in catchy rhyme and sheer silliness value. The gag comes up routinely and randomly via sources from Mr. Show to Family Guy. In a recent online chat with Lord of the Rings fans, Guillermo del Toro joked that H2 Electric Boogaloo had been rejected as the possible title for the planet sequel <laughs> Hobbit movie. <laughs> the thing, the interesting thing about this is that Boogaloo is actually a dance form. It's a, it's a song too. Yeah. And so, so when they did break into Electric Boogaloo, I, I think it was probably convenient that, that that there was the rhyme but it wasn't pure joke it was like yeah electric boogaloo that's what this is <laughs> right that's exactly right it's not a joke but it became one and the to- the the dance group in the park that they meet initially i believe they're doing boogaloo oh interesting because that's the song that's playing so it makes yeah. sense that it would yeah uh, to the degree that Breaking 2 is remembered for any reason other than the title, it's a quickie flop sequel that trotted out the cast of 1984's Breakin' for another bigger go-around the same year, quite possibly exhausting both the surprising profits and minimal goodwill earned by the earlier movie. And then she goes on to write, Curiosity Factor. Largely ironic, recently I helped put together a couple of viewing parties for a departing friend under the heading WTF Musicals. I think I know what she means. (laughs) The idea was to watch a series of generally baffling but entertaining musical features back to back and revel in the cheese. Also on the program, The Forbidden Zone, The Apple, Happiness of Katakuris, Romance and Cigarettes, and more. 
Break into Electric Boogaloo was the opener and largely on the roster because few of us had ever seen it in spite of the running joke title. And I, I believe, I don't know if this is going to get into this, but I believe based on what I saw, the initial, like, break-in was like, hey, we're going to make a movie that's about, like, kind of an overview of the subculture but barely gets into it. From what I understand, this movie, the intent was we're actually going to, like, tell the story from the point of view of, like, the breakdancing culture and try to actually show people, like, this is what it is. This is what it means to the community. But then it was made by the Canon Group. So they they <laughs> sort of – I don't know that they ruined it, but they definitely turned it into, like, you know, uh, lowest common denominator version of that. Right. So she goes on, this is the viewing experience. This is where we get into the plot synopsis, okay? Much to our surprise, Breakin' 2 turned out to be pure laugh-a-minute cheeseball entertainment. It's Granted, it's utterly terrible, with stiff, amateurish acting, enough vivid (laughs) day glow to blind an army of sunglasses wearing Corey Hart's. Get sunglass wearing Corey Hart's? Oh, all right. And the thinnest... Who's Corey Hart? Oh, he's he's a, a wrestler. Yeah. He wore sunglasses. Yeah. And neon? Uh, Dayglow? I don't yeah. know. Sunglasses. Anyway. And the thinnest and hoariest of thin, hoary old plots. <laughs> <laughs> See how I said it? You could have written this, Dan. <laughs> but the camp value is through the roof. From the hilariously awful Pat Benatar streetwear to the momentally clumsy writing to the completely random mime. Why is oh a mime God. in a movie oh, about breakdancing? Well, and Why there's, the hell a mime, there's a mime on the other crew, too. That's right. And I think I think there I think the connection there is actually there is a connection to mime and breakdancing. I fact, can see that. I mean, yeah. that's, it's it's an art form for sure. It's uh, corpor- corporeal mime is what it's called. Yeah, yeah I figured okay. it out. I found Yay. it. I found it. Corporeal in the, mime. That's an amazing yeah. phrase. Yeah. In yeah, fact, it's like a my, corporeal patronus that Harry can do. In, oh. in fact, uh, Michael Jackson stag patronum. <laughs> Mo- <Boogaloo. Muslim. laughs> Most of Michael Jackson's dance moves were from corporeal mime. I I believe that. And a lot of his moves were used in this film. Uh, And, of course, Alfonso Ribeiro can teach you how. (laughs) He sure can. (laughs) Okay, so get this. There are a bunch of friendly, poor, mixed ethnic types in San Francisco who revamp the local community center and make it a place where all the street kids can just hang out and get along together, taking classes in breakdancing and otherwise being cool together. But then an evil, rich, white guy comes along and wants to tear it down to build a shopping mall. So they have to put on a show to earn money to save their clubhouse. Yay! Pop quiz. Was that the plot of Breaking 2 or a random episode of Little Rascals? (laughs) (laughs) Both. Not to mention 1964's Bikini Beach or the string of Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland musicals before that. Hey, kids. Let's put on a show to earn money for our mm-hmm, pet project. Mm-hmm. Has become a cinematic cliche right up there with the snobs versus slobs face off and the family man who tragically loses his family and turns into a lean, mean killing machine. Breaking two does precisely nothing new with the genre, but that's part of its camp value. The filmmakers mm-hmm. know they're doing something corny, dumb, and overplayed, and they just don't care. Yeah, like there is every there is definitely a degaff to this movie that I so appreciate. They yeah. have a penis on top of the, the community center. Um, I missed that. Me oh, too. 
Are you talking about when, when Ozone is dancing up there? No, I'm talking about like every time they give that establishing shot, there's just like a tiny little penis on top of the building. Oh, how funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why did you fixate on that, Dan? Because, uh, oh, Dr. Pro. Uh, just, um, uh, thank you for listening, healthcare professionals. <laughs> like every other let's put on the show musical, Break Into isn't remotely about plotline. It's about the excuse to sing, dance, and um, don clown makeup and do the moonwalk. <laughs> hell, hell yes. And wear a this mask. Is the greatest art. Some of them wear, wore a mask in the dance club, but the, the what was it? Rocktron? Tron Rock? Like the Maybe mime ones? Tron. Rock. It was really well, unclear first, where that location was. I thought it was just the the big community space, but you know, made oh, to look more like nighttime. Like they had a nighttime dance club at the community. Oh space. no, no, oh, no it, it was a separate venue. Else. I, I was so. actually following this ridiculous plot because. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they even say the the landowner guy says, well, you know, they have whatever that nightclub is called. Yeah, and they're talking about like, oh, this community center, it's a place where they can come together and do these things. It's like, well, they have that for that. And, and then, and then immediately it, it cuts to that place. And that's where they like it. It's a place where like, Things are almost always on razor's edge. Like there's almost always a fight brewing. Uh, it's like the Roadhouse from Twin Peaks, basically. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> or from the movie The Roadhouse. <laughs> or from the, yes. Uh, Ice T is there and you, we all know that he eventually talks about killing cops. So it's like, it's, it's, in, it's intended to be like the dangerous place. Ice T yeah. like, like, it's like, like 15 in this movie. Right. I know. Come think of it. Small. This also the plot of this movie also is the plot of Roadhouse. I mean, they're all the same. Yeah. Rich white guy wants to <laughs> he's taken over. Anyway, in a nutshell, so but this is for all of you. What? Ozone doesn't pull a guy's throat out. That is true. <laughs> Spoilers. This is a different rating. <laughs> he does a lot more dance. dance. Yeah, that's right. He virtually he does, does it. Yeah, he kind of you know. does in the streets with that unknown bad guy. <laughs> so for those of you who didn't see Breakin', I want to catch you up. <laughs> Thank <clears> you. <throat> in a nutshell, Breakin' is about a rich white girl, Kelly, played by Lucinda Dickey, who lives for dance, but can't quite get that audition-winning edge until she meets a couple of break dancers, a black kid known as Turbo. This is his actual name. Mm -hmm. The actor's name is Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers. Awesome. And a Puerto Rican man called Ozone, Adolfo Shabadu Quinones. <laughs> nice. These were in the credits, by the way. As she picks up on their fly moves and gains her own breakdance nickname, Special K, Kelly and Ozone fall in extremely chaste, star-crossed love, returning or retelling West Side Story, but with the races reversed and without anyone dying at the end. Yay. <laughs> Breaking two reunites the principles in a desultory. Let's just let's just get to the dancing. Of the <laughs> oh, they get to it right away. They, they do. do. Immediately. They do. It starts with an all dance you can't credit miss sequence. It. No, you can't. <laughs> sure can't. Blink, hey, you won't miss it. You know what else you can't miss? When we, we take a break, go. we'll oh. be right back, everybody. Uh, yeah. Spectrum cable. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, hello. It's me, Deborah Penis Wrinkle from Spectrum. I'm here once again to share with you some of the exciting feedback we get from real customers like you. Each week we highlight some of the latest reviews for our award-winning service written on Yelp by our customers, who we love very much and consider our family. This week's first review for Spectrum in San Diego is from Rachel. Again, this is a real review written on Yelp in October which we at Spectrum have not taken the time to refute. Rachel writes, All telecom companies tend to be slimy, but Spectrum takes it to a whole new level. I signed up for cable and internet, and was interested in saving money by bundling my cell phone as well. I never moved my line over from Verizon but upon reviewing my bill, discovered they had been billing me for cell service for over a year. I never signed up for this. I never transferred my line. When I called, they refused to refund me for a service that was never ordered. I'm canceling all services and switching to AT&T. Wow, Rachel. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Our next and final review is from Dean. It is also a real review on Yelp which we at Spectrum have not responded to. Dean has this to say. Spectrum is running a racket. When you sign up they promise there is no disconnection fee, but when you quit, even if you only go one day into the next billing cycle, like I did, they don't prorate their service and charge you for the whole month. After one day of service they left me a bill for $260. These guys are shameless criminals. And the reason I left is because Spectrum is ridiculously expensive and don't even have the fastest internet. I save over $100 a month when I switch from Spectrum to Frontier and got much faster internet. Way to go, Dean. As you can tell, people have a lot to say about Spectrum's amazing service. And whether you want to or not, you just might be experiencing it yourself. Because we're a cable company, and we have lobbied your lawmakers so hard that they are basically our bitches. And if you try to leave us, well, good luck. That's about it for this week's Spectrum Speculum. I'll see you next time, you spineless morons. And we're back. And we're back. It all starts with an all-dance credit sequence in which various extras demonstrate their popping, locking, flaring, and windmilling moves culminating with a sweaty ozone who makes disconcerting eye contact with the camera <laughs> further making the credits seem like <laughs> Several something <times. laughs> out of an 80s sitcom and, and a I, seemingly distracted turbo pulling a few moves i, I love by anyone the way stops the, dancing the entire movie no no the whole movie <laughs> well and then we have the the traffic cop who puts a ticket on someone's windshield and then like does oh yeah the slide away <laughs> she sure does <laughs> it's, and it's, so it's in good. san francisco on purpose because they all have so to go good. down a hill <laughs> Then we see what's happened to Kelly. Having mastered all the hot, marketable street moves and aced her dance audition in movie number one, she's gotten exactly the role that most classically trained dance- dancers aspire to have their whole lives, feather-assed chorus girl in number 15 <laughs> <laughs> so it's a generic stage show. <laughs> I love this You really article. did it. Yep. Oh, my God. Deciding that maybe pro dancing isn't as glamorous as it seems, she heads back to her parents' gigantic mansion for some awkward exposition and some oh, grade school-worthy sulking. It is I a damn castle. The parents are so funny. Um, well, and did you notice the, the, the dad calls the buffet. mom Mrs. B? Yeah, Mrs. B. <laughs> and, and the mom's like weirdly – like she's kind of weirdly cool. 
Like yeah. she's like, oh, your friends are like weird, but okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, she must be on so, a lot uh, of Xanax or something. Some great grade school worthy sulking. It's Most pretty likely. typical of the film's apathy toward anything but the big dance picture that the upper crust folks with their Capitol building marble home and their giant pool, apparently consider Smirnoff as a classy drink. So that's beside the point. <laughs> well, and then it's there's true. the weird, the weirdest shot of their dog. The whole, the, oh like, my God, that dog shot. It's, it's like, so dog, weird. It's like, they, it's a close up on the dog. It's that's so a transition weird. point. I mean, this movie is weird as it's hell. It's weird. But that one it. part, I'm just like, <laughs> that was that a note like it's clearly yeah, they're going back and forth having an argument and they keep I mean, cutting to the dog on I'm the weirdest close-up it does make the tension funnier because their it relationship does. is it is oh i mean it's basically it's, it's basically mrs dumont from uh from uh, the, the marx brothers just like Ooh, my, my daughter's yeah. going to do ballet <laughs> and that dog is weird looking too it's got the longest snout flathead it's <laughs> Like the, the dad breaks I, someone else's window with his tennis ball. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's angry. He's oh, yeah. angry. <laughs> Do they have out of the pool? I have to see a picture of this dog now because I don't remember it. Oh my god, Alec. I think it's a Yorkie. Boogaloo. Something. All right, I'm going to keep Dog. going. In spite of the lead interracial couple, the break-in movies steer clear of actual interracial uh, action. Kelly and Ozone had a few love scenes in the first film, but it was axed pre-release, and both the films now just feature a brief peck to intimate or indicate that the white girl and the brown boy are supposed to be knocking boots. Similarly, the films steer clear of, of overt racial conflict. When Kelly's Stepford, Stepford wife mom brightly tells her husband, well, at least she's not spending time with those street people anymore, darling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well, just – And it's interesting, too, that their relationship seems to be like there's clearly a connection, but – and I can't believe I'm about to say this about this movie. It, it kind of portrays – uh, a, a a part of the, a beginning of a relationship or the beginning like set of a relationship in a way that's kind of realistic and new in that it's not just like i love you i've right. loved you forever let's kiss we're but holding it, hands all the time yeah, it's very casual it's but just also like, you knew they cared about each other yeah it's like i have respect for you i i am in, in awe of your ability both of them and and they they get closer by being together and doing a thing together that isn't yeah. just that they're both hands passionate and about exactly and they express their love by dancing of course so <laughs> when when she says at least she's not spending time with those street people anymore it's just as likely that she means those pathetically non-pool owning lower class people or those boys who wear day glow leg warmers and headbands and hideously <laughs> clashing colors <laughs> as that she means the coloreds Mm -hmm. Similarly, while the whole film is about a rich honky and a mincing <laughs> Jewish stereotype picking out a bunch of poor but good-hearted multi-ethnic ghetto kids, no one ever mentions the race thing. It's entertaining to watch the film tiptoe around the obvious while trying not to be controversial or confrontational. It's true. Back to the story. Kelly put, uh, pouts around the house until she sees a picture of herself with Turbo and Ozone prominently displayed even though her parents hate them and smiles <laughs> nostalgically over it 
Having suddenly remembered that her boyfriend exists, she heads off to see him. <laughs> I, you know, it happens, gals. Am oh my I gosh, right? That's right. I have a boyfriend. <laughs> oh, damn it! Uh, that's so well, funny. And I, going going back to this this thing, uh, the interracial thing. It, it's not that it is telling the audience like this does not exist. It's just kind of letting you bring your own point of yeah. view. Like, but there's no commentary on it. Which right, I like. Right. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it in no way is trying to like like make it squeaky clean and scrub it up. It definitely like leaves that conversation open to whatever the viewer brings to that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh when Ozone gets the heads up that she's on her way, he and Turbo throw away some bags of garbage, leading Turbo to mock him for cleaning up for a girl. <laughs> the mere sound of Kelly's voice That's on so the gay. phone drives the funk from your dingy socks away. <laughs> dingy socks. Sorry, dingy. The mere sound of Kelly's voice on the phone drives the funk from your dingy socks away, he chants. When Kelly arrives in her flashy car, they tell her about the new community center, Miracles. And offer to show her the place, and a spontaneous dance number breaks out on the whole, as the whole neighborhood joins together to rap, break, and boogaloo. Kelly on down to miracles. It's kind of yes like in the ghetto. You're inside of one of those protein shake bottles with the rattling bo- <laughs> ball totally. inside because it's yeah, just like, one. all right, here's all the characters. Let's put it in, and it's just like <laughs> that's all you need <laughs> for like yeah, it's all you need. amount of time, and it's just really. <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. What's the word I'm looking for? Turbulent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the right word. And it is definitely crazy, but it and, and it's almost jarring, but it's actually super fun. It is fun. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> like they know the movie that they're making a hundred percent. Yes, they do, and they're unapologetic about it. Yeah, it's. I I I had seen this movie so many times when like I was in my early 20s discovering that alcohol plus bad movies equals fun. Oh, um, absolutely. That's the catalyst uh, of this podcast. I know, beautiful. right? <laughs> um, and I my, I guess my point of view then was different because to me, my memory of this was that it's just a outrageously silly, goofy movie, which it is, but it's mm-hmm. it's super enjoyable. I loved watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a huge arc with it. So uh, <laughs> when they take they boogaloo Kelly down to miracles. Yes, in the ghetto, even the mailman, the traffic cops, and uh the green clad explorers and safari hats all yep. respond to a good beat. As the sequence continues intermittently or wait inter- interminably, sorry. So do a bunch of well-dressed old lady missionary types and some joggers. This is how most of Break and Two's dance numbers go. <laughs> they're spontaneous within the story, but they're obviously as rigidly methodically choreographed as the big showstoppers from an old MGM musical, leaving the break dancers feeling stiff and regimented most of the time. Mm. I think I agree with that. Even the nuns dance. Like it's they do. <laughs> and then the, you get the hot nurses later. Yeah. Oh, even the characters. My God. Even the characters who in a normal, in a, in a different movie, you would think, in a, in a, in a, 
the characters who you're expecting to go like, oh, dear, they just start popping and locking. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. I thought the same thing. Like, they were going to be outraged, but no, they're, they're shaking it. It's great. They're so very eventually, clearly young people in old people makeup. That's 100%. <laughs> eventually, the, the dancers fetch up in a city park where Turbo lays eyes on a hot Mexican chica who looks maybe 14 years old <laughs> yeah, and speaks maybe. no English. <laughs> yeah. I, I suspect that the actor, the actress does speak English, but the character yeah. doesn't based on. Yeah. And so they did, they <laughs> totally, written. they, what, they, what do they call that when they dub, they dub the sound afterwards? Post, AMR. Or, uh, ADR. ADR. That, that character is 100% ADR. At the end, she's like, Oh no, senor, no. No. Oh. Yes, no. But the, I, I guess it, Ay, it's. Ay, papi. Ay, papi, no. Yeah, it was, it Bye was. Luck. Spanish written by an English speaker for an actress <laughs> who probably spoke English exactly. and was not fluent in Spanish. Oh, not at all. <laughs> She's very cute. She's very cute. She's super um, cute. Her, her baffled Spanish responses to his behavior will be a running joke throughout the film. Finally, though, they all arrive at Miracles, <laughs> where true. Ozone I didn't turns... didn't even think about that. Yep. She's a miracle. She's, she's turned into like this running commentary character. It's so funny. <laughs> they all arrive at Miracles, where Ozone turns the tour over to a mime mysteriously named Magician. <laughs> Who looks like Jim J. Bullock. Oh, but he's he not Jim J. Bullock. It's definitely not. He's well, a- his name is Magician, but he's a mime. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, Turbo is not a Transformer. So, I that's mean, these, true. these oh. things. Yeah. And Ozone and isn't a gas. Ozone's no, not that's a gas. also true. Turbo is not a rocket. And However, Kelly isn't a color. Kelly is a color of green. It's true. Oh, there you go. That's a, well, and Special yeah. K, she's not a drug. She's a person. She's not that's a cereal true. with red berries. <laughs> that's true. I, okay. that's, that's true. My it could be plain, too. She's more with the cereal. Berries. She's more the cereal without If the you're berries, a listener out there. Special K's pretty good. Can you send me a box to our P.O. No. box? What's our P.O. <laughs> box? <laughs> 856 eight, our, our ears. Yes. You call that number and ask Mike for the EM box for Concierge Lane. I love that cereal so, so much. So, uh, anyway. the mime na- mysteriously named magician. No, he does not perform any magic in the movie. In fact, <laughs> while he's almost always lurking in the background or appearing in reaction shots, he doesn't even do that much miming. <laughs> <laughs> she says he's probably a child molester haunting the community center into, in a guise that lets him disguise himself with face paint, give everyone a fake name, and never speak. I mean, it, yeah, and everyone's it just up. okay with it. <laughs> He seems to be sort of symbolic of Miracle's goofy, inclusive attitude, which makes it feel more like a hippie commune than an yes. inner city community center. Mm, yeah, 100%. The, <laughs> the bright colors don't help much either. After a lanky, lengthy, funky musical tour sequence, Kelly meets the film's token non-evil adult, Byron, who apparently responsible for transforming a dumpy, underfunded community center into a graffiti-covered, eye-hurting monstrosity. (laughs) (laughs) Awful taste, but good execution, right? (laughs) Yeah, miracles. I I like the name. I like it's fun. But he was—they meet him while he's coaching boxing, I guess. Yeah. Why did they put the boxing ring in there? I don't know. I think it's a community center. Yeah, I think that that the thing is that it's a community center that all that. Has break dancing as part of it? Yes, <laughs> sorry, that's what I understand. It's not. It's not a break dancing center. It's like it's a place that includes boxing and 
breakdancing. I'll give you yeah, just whatever you do, whatever the community does. It, they they don't have to pay for it. It's just a place for people to go to stay off the streets. Sassy. More spontaneous break-in breaks out while outside, evil developer Mr. Douglas and his henchmen lurk <laughs> during their shopping mall dreams. <laughs> the action then leads to evil headquarters or more clumsy exposition <laughs> as Douglas shows his calluses towards the wacky dancing kids. Back at Miracle, it's totally the stereotype. He's sitting in the big boardroom with the model of the shopping center they're going to build. And the architect yeah. is also evil. That's right. Well, but, and it's, you know, he it's, turns. It's, it's gentrification. That's true. It's a good point. It's a movie before about it was popular. <laughs> Back before it was big. <laughs> Back at Miracles, there's yet another dance montage. You have to give break into this. It doesn't pour on the plot and stint on the dance, <laughs> like some dance movies. Kelly joins the ranks of the center in, center's instructors and a whole lot of people from little kids to game 30-somethings who should really presumably have real jobs by now. Freestyle at her command. Cut to a city office with a door prominently marked Bureau of Engineering Survey Division, where the developer's Weasley, Weedly voiced Jerry Lewis-esque Ryan F Renfield, Mr. Randall. And this guy is, you, you have seen him play this character in so many movies. He he's, looks like Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yeah, he's like one of those, he's, he's an actor though that you've seen. He always plays yeah. this character. He's like, yep. He's he's the he's he's that guy. He's one of many that guys that are out there. That's the right. So he tells the zoning board about the shopping mall scheme, glossing over the importance of the community center in a not in a none too effective way. Oh, it's just designed to help kids off the street, keep kids off the street. When the zoning commissioner asks where the kids will go when their miracles is ra is raised, Mr. Randall cues the music by pointing out that they still have their club. Radiotron. That's right, Radiotron. That's an awesome name too. But that's God. that's like that's like the dark side of the coin, where it's like this is the bright, this is the bright, uh, shiny place that is like a production company away from being on Sesame Street. Let's face it, right? And and then here's this other place where it's like, okay, this is fights generally break out. It doesn't look like a place made for kids at all. And, I wasn't um, alive during the 80s, but it seems like it was a really good time. It was exactly like that, by the way, yeah, Audrey. Everybody break danced on the street. Um, a lot of day glow. Yeah. Puffy pants. Um, yeah. Hey, oh, the, hey the did someone say Radiotron? So hey, hmm? did somebody say Radiotron? Huh? It's <laughs> Clearly, it's time for STEM <laughs> to perform Radiotron <laughs> and for the kids to dance even more. This time at the club where Ice-T... In his second film role, following his debut in the first break-in, comes out in strappy bondage gear to entertain the crowd. <laughs> sure does. But wait, not everyone in the super-friendly, ethnically diverse ghetto is friendly. As Ozone, Turbo, and Kelly hang out in the club, they're challenged by a bunch of well-coordinated Benatar wannabes called <laughs> Electro Rock. My my One of my favorite parts of this scene is when Ice Cube... Uh, I see. I see. Who? Which ice are we on? Is I see a drink. Okay, not not the thing that makes wow. the drink cold. That was a legitimate. I was not intended as a joke. He, when he starts in, in the crescendo of the of the music, and when the fight almost breaks out, he holds up a record and starts banging it with the hammer. Jeez, oh, <laughs> I remember that very performatively. And I I don't know for sure that that was actually a part of his act originally, but I bet it was. I bet it, it was improv. Had no idea that was Ice T until the very end of the film. 
I think I was looking up the cast for another yeah. reason. And then I was like, wait, hang on a second. Ice tea. And then, <laughs> like, he looks nothing like I. He does look like he's 14 years old. Yeah. Very young. <laughs> and he could have been. He, he might have been. It was 84. Um, so, Electro Rock, they announced that they rule the dance floor as Turbo tries to prevent a fight. Kelly announces in her best unconvincing white girl voice, come on, you guys, let's turn these fools out. <laughs> but when Ozone announces that he will not be wasting his moves on such punks, the face-off breaks up without any dancing whatsoever. He was born in 1958. Oh, geez, he was old. Instead, Ozone and his crew head back to Miracles and learn that it's been declared structurally unsound and they need $200,000 to fix it. And fast. <laughs> so they launch another montage where they wash cars, sell lemonade, paint street portraits, and have a magician make balloon animals <laughs> and still not do magic. So he's a clown or is he a mime or is he a magician? He's whatever the plot needs him to be. be. Both. <laughs> a um, MacGuffin? But the, yes, well. <laughs> yes. That's his um, magic. His magic his, is that he's whatever the plot needs. He can needs perform MacGuffin. In this scene, none of the adults are working. It's all the kids doing all the cleaning and washing and stuff. Right. Expect their center. MacGuffins. There you go. But they only raise a mere $7,000. Oh, you mean to tell me they didn't raise $200,000 with lemonade? With, with car washes, lemonade, and face paint? <laughs> so Turbo speaks the magic words. Why don't we just put on a show? <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Shortly thereafter, Kelly's agent informs her at a ritzy restaurant that her feather-ass dance somehow <laughs> earned an audition in France <laughs> for the lead. No more details are ever offered. She runs off to tell Ozone for some reason having changed clothes so it looks like a Vegas that's right. strip hooker. That's right. She's, that's right. She's just the lead in ballet. That's, That's it. Right. In you, France, in Paris. You 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 will be the star of ballet, of French <laughs> ballet. This is like an episode of Fresh Prince of Ballet, or like a, a 24-minute sitcom that they had to extend. The uh, costume change was really confusing. <laughs> that's right. Um, but instead of being happy for her, he's angry that she's abandoning miracles and it's hour of need. A fight might be brewing in Chaste Kiss Paradise, but unfortunately, <laughs> a bunch of electro rock hoods show up and huck a spray paint can through one of the Miracles' windows. The Miracles crew chase them back to their underpass hideaway, where the lamest dance-off in the history of dance-offs <laughs> <laughs> This is all done to Ice-T's combat. Well, and we it know they're bad because his girlfriend is smoking. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It culminates with the electro rock gang whipping out what appear to be dance chucks. <laughs> the, I forgot about dance chucks. And chuck. the Miracles crew defending themselves with trash uh, can lids. Yes. The, oh, it's yeah, a really amazing scene. That's right. Oh, it's, oh my God. It's, it's awesome. And I really <laughs> did think, okay, this is just some, this is symbolic of an actual fight. But like, no, like, this is. A weird way of showing yeah, that dance battles happened, but it shows that dance battles happened. It's kind of like again West Side Story in the in the in the opening. They're dancing at each other. Right. You know, there's a little punching and stuff in the in West Side Story, but they're they're using dance to express their anger, or frustration, or whatever. Right. And it's aggressive, <laughs> but like Audrey said, it's nonviolent. Right. Exactly. Which is great. While both sides dance lamely and no judges are involved, the electro rockers <laughs> fall back in fear and confusion as Ozone triumphantly announces T 
TKO. Uh, The confrontation with Mr. Douglas that follows isn't nearly as easy to resolve. He starts surveying the land, assuming victory over those darn kids is assured. When Ozone proclaims that he's not, he's going to stop Douglas cold. Douglas purrs. I doubt if an arrogant bunch of street kids have the power to. Now that's some good villainy in such an effective villainy. In fact, that it causes a cute dancing kid to look up at Byron wide-eyed and ask plain, plaintively, is that man going to take away miracles? Mm. <laughs> Much of the rest of the Not movie proceeds similarly. Well, I, the plot. I like how they, they, they <clears throat> one of the ways that they irritate him is pretending that the surveying equipment is a camera. That's like, right. Oh, I take my picture. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually very funny. Go away, kid. I'm trying to survey. <laughs> Much of the rest of the movie proceeds similarly, with the plot cliches only outnumbered by the dialogue cliches, which the amateur cast delivers as stiffly as possible. The kids try to come up with more ways to earn cash. Douglas and his people pressure the zoning commission and move forward with their plan. Yet even more spontaneous dance montages break out. Not enough. Turbo. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not saying as a failure. Not enough. I'm saying as a success. I could as many dance dance montages as they wanted to give me. I, I like would have watched. Yeah, I feel like there were very few story beats that did not have dance montages. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, Ozone and Turbo have an uncomfortable dinner with Kelly and her family, hoping to hit her up, hit up her rich white bread dad for sponsorship, and not realizing that he's invited the nerd lawyer to show up for dinner and make another <laughs> pitch at wooing Kelly. By Honestly, the way, if 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 Cats were a breakdancing movie, I would like Cats. Oh my god! Totally. <laughs> By the way, no that one ever suggests would make a huge difference. <laughs> it would be yes. awesome. It would yeah. be so much it's better. <laughs> you see James Corden out there on his shoulders. Oh my god! Or Judy Dench <laughs> popping and locking. <laughs> Uh, by the way, no one ever suggests that maybe Kelly should sell her hot late model convertible if I she really wants that. to help her hand to mouth lower class buddies. Uh, that was yeah. one of my instincts. But that would, but that see, that's a criticism that before rewatching the movie, I definitely had. But then they make it clear in the dialogue over and over again. They're like, no, we don't need you to help. But the point is, we're going. We're going to do this. If yeah, you want, like, own. almost in a sense of like, look, if you if you want to sell it, then that's fine. But like, we're not going to ask you to do that, and we mm-hmm. don't want you to do that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Uh, she goes on and so forth and so on. But the on- that only fills out so much time. So breaking two pads out the action with two irrelevant oddities, one bizarre and one just boring. In the latter sequence, Turbo dances alone to Mark Scott's I Don't Want to Come Down. <laughs> and the filmmakers spin the room so he can dance on the walls and the ceiling in a bit stolen from Fred Astaire and Royal Wedding. I thought it was well done. I mean, you knew yeah. what was happening, but I yeah. thought it was a great dance. It went on way too long, but no. yeah. yeah, it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then inexplicably, the little Mexican chica shows up and watches him dance. That. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> unfortunately in spite of the staging this is what she says in for, unfortunately in spite of the staging this is the film's most overblown and overlong sequence 
It feels like the filmmakers felt the spinning room was interesting enough. So Turbo's entire dance consists of minor moves, variations on the robot. And aren't you impressed grins at the camera? Well, and this, of course, was after the weird dance battle with the with the doll. The teaching. Oh my dance god, the dance scene. battle with the doll. <laughs> when he, so Turbo thinks that he's like visions the Mexican yes. chica, yes. and then Ozone pictures him dancing with Kelly, and they get to this fight and they tear the doll apart, that and then they dance with each other. So then they bizarre. dance with each other. And at the, the beginning the- of the scene, he comes in and Ozone has his pants completely open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just, oh, he's I think just we, out. Oh I think God. we haven't gotten there yet. A uh, uh, far more interest, oh, okay. simply because it's so bloody bizarre. Turbo seeks love advice from Ozone, oh. who shows him how to practice his sketchy pickup moves there on a is, life-sized woman doll. Ozone has laying around the for some creepy reason. <laughs> yeah, who so knows bizarre. why the doll's there? <laughs> I mean, we all know. We just don't want to say it. Yeah. Oh, Do you we? think he's Christopher Robining that that doll? Oh, jeez. not. <laughs> oh, you think it's a sex doll? <laughs> it could be. It's although it's very cottony. Oh, anyway, by the way, see- that was a joke. To this reference to one of my previous episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it landed just as poorly the first time. Great. <laughs> In a scene that combines operatic drama with break and variations on the waltz, the two dancers alternate time with the doll, which they each <laughs> see as their own lady love, leading to jealousy when the other cuts in. Fortunately, when their competition has an inevitable result on the doll, it fi- it frees them up to finally explore their mutual passion, e tu mama tambien style. <laughs> yeah, and then they tear the doll in half. I haven't yeah. seen and that. Then they uh, el- and then they dance together. And to this movie's credit, they don't engage in the not gays right afterwards. It's just exactly. like, yeah, we'll just dance together. Yeah. Because exactly. <laughs> dance is dance. Who cares who yeah. you're dancing with? Elsewhere, Kelly clinches the job as the lead in Paris by donning <laughs> She <her> won best- <laughs> ballet. <laughs> by donning her best stripper gear and showing off her best pole dancing moves. This scene is doubt uh, is doubly hilarious, both for the contrast between Kelly and all the other dancers. They look like they just walked in from a chorus line. <laughs> she looks like she arrived from the late stages of Showgirls. And for the frequent oh, cuts to the director and producer auditioning Kelly, who keep whispering among themselves while watching her, presumably trying to find out which of them posted the audition announcement for the local gentlemen's club. <laughs> <laughs> In the local gentleman's club. It's a canon film. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe but, Showgirls should be our yeah. next movie. Maybe. Oh, there you go. I haven't That's seen that one. either. Oh, either. God. You Wait a minute. You have not seen Showgirls? No. I haven't. All right, I let's mean, do it. I mean, maybe once. No, okay, Jimmy, back you, to- you have. You I have, must have seen I know it, you've seen Showgirls because that was on heavy rotation as well. Yeah. But, Audrey, whether we do it for the show or not, you need to see Showgirls. You will love this movie. It's okay. your call. Yeah, let's but do Kelly's it. fashion choices pay off, and she secures that lead role in whatever it is. Will she? <laughs> will she let vague fame and fortune carry her away, or hang around to help miracles? After a confrontation with Ozone, her choice seems clear. Mm-hmm. But then tragedy strikes as Turbo, while taunting Douglas surveyors and stealing their shit, falls down a fight a flight of stairs and winds up in the hospital. 
It's all almost briefly worrisome, except that his trip to the ICU turns into a hilariously over-the-top dance number called When I See You. Yes, How do we yes. bill this to insurance? Uh, <laughs> all those TikTok an- dancing nurses started here. <laughs> Hold it's on. A, it's a scene from a Muppet movie. Like it, oh, any totally. Muppet movie. <laughs> and it's wonderful. <laughs> or this writer Especially posits. Especially the hot nurses. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly – That's this, this, go ahead. And the doctors that kill a guy. <laughs> oh, my That's God. Right. They yes. sure do. And then he comes back to life through the power of breakdance. Through the power of dance, yeah. <laughs> they don't kill him. They pronounce him dead. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, she writes, dig the ass-wiggling nurses in the wacky surgery comedy. Did Weird Al Yankovic see this film before making the video for Like a Surgeon the following year? <laughs> Good question. Probably. Probably. A good question. You're right. Just when it seems like the movie couldn't get any worse slash better, bulldozers <laughs> descend on miracles ahead of schedule, and the kids jump on them to stage yet another impromptu dance party. Douglas spurs them on anyway, but Turbo's new girlfriend sneaks him out of the hospital in time to have him stand in front of the advancing vehicles, throwing mm-hmm. things at the drivers until the cringing pencil-necked head bulldozer operator announces... We came here to do a job, not to kill kids. We're going home. <laughs> well, and by and the, that's it, true. Like the guy Douglas is like, I don't care. Can yeah, just keep yeah. going. He's going to cut him in half. Yeah. Well, and and by the way, uh, Turbo, the Turbo's injuries were broken leg, broken arm, and he's just it's healed by the power of dance. That's right. <laughs> and that's the scene when she breaks him out of the doctors hospital, hate and he this kept... one trick. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> the the, <laughs> the little the Mexican chica comes to break him out of the hospital, and he keeps falling over on top of her, and she's like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah." Oh, and th- that's the that's the scene where I was just like, "I bet she speaks full English." She does. And no yes. Spanish. Yeah. It's really it's really apparent in that scene. If you didn't there was catch no, it in the rest there of the movie. There was no peppering in of like reactionary conversational Spanish of any <laughs> no, sort. Nothing. It was nope. just like, I. That's all it was. <laughs> it was all ADR too. <laughs> <laughs> then, then all <laughs> the. Bu- <laughs> I don't think she said a full sentence. No. <laughs> Then all the bulldozer drivers apparently take their vehicles back to their houses while Douglas rants and raves. Turbo's friends triumphantly let uh, loft him into the air and ritualistically rip off his bandages just <laughs> as the media shows up to get everyone on the kid's side. Yeah, why didn't they Kelly think t- of this sooner? They could have called the media the media. You yeah. know? I think that w- I think they their idea called the news was people, like p- I, in five minutes in the movie be like, listen, here's our story. And then I think they embedded in that way. I think embedded in their initial response was something along the lines of we're going to raise enough attention that the media comes. But you're mm-hmm. right. They could have just said like, hey, we have a cartoon villain here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so Kelly tells off her controlling dad and gives up on Paris as a shirtless ozone baffly or balefully watches. By the way, that then, pizza looked really good. Sure did. Mm. But then she brings like eight boxes of pizza that were very clearly empty when she gets confronted by the jealous girl. Mm. And then it's time for the big show. 
where Ice-T sets the scene in surprisingly G-rated style. <laughs> Here's a quote. Now, this is not a party. This is a demonstration to try to counteract the city council legislation. So reach into your pocket and give us a sign, a quarter, a nickel, or even a dime. Everybody in the place, sing along with me. Everybody in the place, G-I-V-E. <laughs> Those are the lyrics. And they do. <laughs> Alas, in spite of yet another lengthy dance montage, yet another ridiculous slut costume from Kelly, still more breaking and from, and the promised vast quantities of eye-hurting day glow, the kids only raise $120,000 by passing the hat. Even the participation of suddenly friendly members of Electro Rock can't turn the, can't turn the tide. Thank God Kelly's dad finally sees the error of his ways and shows up to write a check for an extra $50,000 to put miracles over the top. Woo. All that's missing is a shot of Douglas punching a hole through his hat in frustration. <laughs> <laughs> I.e. Ross Perot and The Simpsons. Well, and, and they they do this nice, this really fun thing where he's just like, because of the media pressure and because a guy in the political office who's like I, this is an election year i'm not gonna yeah right <laughs> and yeah, he's I'm changing I'm, what did he call it a snafu yeah and he, he and so douglas is like just just the most opportunistic person and uh the boxing coach guy is like oh i see what you're doing no you're gonna give this much <laughs> yeah yeah the, the byron the byron yeah. is like oh, oh and we've uh reconsidered we're gonna donate five we're thinking five thousand dollars, and then he gives him a look. It's not enough. Like, it's not enough. So we're thinking. <laughs> then we thought ten thousand. There's still not quite enough. Anyway, <laughs> but they they I think they give like thirty thousand to make it one fifty, and then Kelly's dad shows up and gives the other fifty. There's so much material I'm not covering here, like the klutzy love triangle between Kelly Ozone and a wretched actor who makes them look like Catherine Hepburn <laughs> and Cary Grant by comparison, or the way Randall. Uh, backs off the project after one of the kids calls him whack and he seemingly hears <laughs> whacked and starts cringing as though someone's planning to off him or the big city council showdown or the film's heavy emphasis oh, on yeah. cute kids attempting to break dance or oh, the list goes yeah. on and on. Every minute contains a new reason to howl in surprise and derision. This is the last um, this is the last paragraph. This finishes it up. The, the, the header is how much of the experience wasn't a total waste of time. At an absolute minimum, 85% break into <laughs> uh, break into is utterly hilarious. Many of the dance sequences are redundant and overlong, but even so, there's always something ill-conceived and hysterical to look at, from yes. fluffy 80s hair to terrible fashions. Apparently, full-on school band uniforms were really hot in the 80s San Francisco breakdance scene. The cheesy acting, uh, awesome. monu monumentally trite storyline, and all-around camp level kept our whole musicals watching party howling in disbelief. Yeah, yeah. It's a lousy movie to watch alone or with any serious expectations in mind. But in the So Bad It's Good pantheon, it ranks surprisingly high. It's almost, mm. almost... A pity there was never a break in three electric jubilee. Oh. <laughs> it's also very a... sad that they didn't show the remodel at the end of the movie. Because that, oh, that's true. Oh, totally, I, I agree. Love a good remodel. Totally, that would yeah. have been an electric break in three. By the way, so that just yeah. for everybody, that was I watched this on purpose. Break into electric jubilee <laughs> by Tasha Robinson. 
from uh, AV Club. That was we very liked entertaining. The article, Tasha. I, I, I got it. I got Audrey. I'm going to add to that. They could have had at the end a shot of like you know how they have those things that they do in editing or in shooting where it's just like there's that time jump thing, but you don't really mm-hmm. notice until the reveal. Mm-hmm. It shows uh, Kelly and I sorry Special K and Ozone getting married at the new rec center. Oh, that's nice. Uh, or where what was about this? Mr. Douglas taking a class with a bunch oh, of little kids? Yes, yes. And you totally. can, they're all outshining him because he's yeah. obviously not a dancer. Or even even more subtle and in more fitting with what this movie actually is, it would be Turbo and uh, the the Mexican cartoon character <laughs> teaching yeah. a dance class together. No. Or the, her learning English or him learning Spanish and then them trying to poorly communicate to each <laughs> or other b- in their both native of them languages. learning Spanish as actors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's, there's 10 songs. I won't go through them, uh, but there's only 10 surprisingly because the, the whole movie was song, was music. Yeah. Well, they repeat a couple. Yeah, that's true. Like Electric Boogaloo, Radiotron, Din Da Da, When Din I Dada See You. Awesome. Uh, gotta Have the Money, Believe in the Beat, Sell It Out, uh, I Don't Want to Come Down, Stylin', Profiling, and Oi Mamacita. It is good I bet good we know music. what scene that was. It's fun. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> this movie yeah, would be I unwatchable have... if it had a bad soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I have a, uh, a, a review of this film from one Mr. Roger Ebert. Does anybody want to hear Ooh. it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Wait, can we this, make is, this is fun because yeah, yeah. Let's let's because okay. Roger Ebert is not necessarily predictable. That's true, and, and he does I don't think star gives, ratings. No, he does thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't think oh. that there are as a star rating in this. Is it from his article or is it from the that show that he did? It's from the article. Okay, two thumbs I'm up say, or one thumb up or I don't think that he gives it a rating. But do you think he's going to like it, not like it, hate it, love it? Not like it. I think he's okay. generally – oh, it's hard, really hard to tell. Um, just for the fun of it, I'm going to say Diet Coke. No, uh, this is, <laughs> I'm going to say he likes it. Okay. Uh, this is not very long. Uh, movie musicals used to be allowed to be goofy and lightweight, but in recent years, there they've turned into pon- ponderous, over-budgeted artifacts that take themselves so seriously you feel guilty if you're having a good time. Remember all the self-importance of Annie? <laughs> That's why a modest, cheerful little movie like Break Into Electric Boogaloo is so refreshing. Here is a movie that wants nothing more than to allow some high-spirited kids to sing and dance their way through a silly plot just long enough to make us grin. The movie is a sequel to 1983's very successful Breakin'. I guess that explains the ungainly title. It involves <laughs> the same actors, including a team of street dance artists named Shabadoo, Quinoa, or Quinones, and Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers, who more or less seem to be playing themselves. The plot is so familiar that if, if you're a fan of Mickey Rooney musicals or even the Beach Party movies, you may start rubbing your eyes. But the movie is a lot of fun. Familiar? Try this plot out in your next nearest trivia expert. A bunch of kids get together to turn a rundown old theater into a community center. The center is run by a nice old guy who is not for some reason called Pops. And <laughs> That's a ring- really good point. <laughs> right? And the ringleaders are Shabadabadoo and, and Boogaloo. In the last movie, they formed a dance team with a rich girl, Lucinda Dickey, and 
As this movie opens, she visits their center and decides to stay and pitch in. Despite the opposition of her WASP parents, who want her to enroll in an Ivy League university, then the plot thickens when an evil real estate developer wants to tear down the center and put up a big retail development. With just a few minor modifications, this story could be about Mickey and Judy or Frankie and Annette, but what does it matter when the whole point of the enterprise is to provide an excuse for song and dance? Kinonis, Chambers, and Dickie can in- indeed dance very well, and there are a lot of other street dancers in the movie. But what's interesting is the way the traditions of the street dancing are combined in this movie with the older traditions of stage dancing and chorus lines. It's a good the, point. The mm. big extravaganza at the end, a benefit to save uh, save the center, needless to say, is a unique hybrid of old and new dance styles. Electric Boogaloo is not a great movie, but it is inexhaustible, entertaining, and may turn out to be influential. It could inspire a boomlet of low-priced movie musicals. Movies not saddled with multi-million dollar budgets, Broadway connections, and stars who are not necessarily able to sing and dance. At a time when movie musicals, as opposed to movie soundtracks, are seriously out of touch with the music that is really being played and listened to by teenagers, that could be a revolutionary development. So, seems yeah. like he liked it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, Dan, it was like, uh, to me, it was Mr. T's Be Somebody Who Be Somebody's Fool the Musical. Yes. It was nonsensical and yes. silly and poorly acted and a lot of flash cuts and whatever. It's just it's silly, but so much fun. It's such a pleasant arc of, I felt so good after the movie going into it. And I liked the fact there was no stakes. I liked the fact that it was there wasn't a big conflict build. You knew mm-hmm. what was going to happen. You knew the dad was going to give him the money. You knew that, I mean... Like Audrey said at the beginning, it was so predictable, but that was okay because you could enjoy it. It was just fun. It was fun. Yeah. I I don't know why I didn't – when I was younger – I think I was – Jimmy, you knew me then, and I think it's safe to say that I was like as cynical as I am now, like d- – multiply that by a thousand at that sure. time. Yeah. Um, so I think I just wasn't open to seeing it as a fun, just, I, I, I don't like fun things and that's true. And I, that's, <laughs> like that Disneyland. has been, you're right. And that has been, I don't, I, I generally don't like overtly fun things, but I think for me, uh, this movie, the camp element of it just kind of broke that part of my personality where it was just like, you know, come for the camp, stay for the the fun. It is actually, <laughs> I, I actually recommend that people watch this movie. <laughs> I do too. I, I quietly, this is maybe the best movie we've reviewed. I, it's the one of the Ooh. worst actual movies, but it's, yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, I would say it's the most enjoyable. Yeah. So if you're going to watch this listener, like, like the article says, don't watch it alone for sure. It's not as much fun alone. I would agree with that uh, statement. But watch it knowing it's stupid and you'll have so much fun enjoying it. And it's it's good dance. There's no doubt. I mean, they're, they're all great so dancers. athletic. My yeah. gosh. Oh, yeah. Athletic. yeah. And it's, it, I mean, it's got something for everybody. It's it, it, it really, I mean, unless they're wanting yeah, things to absolutely. explode. There's not yeah, any that's for sure. romantic really subplot. So if you're looking for not a really. romance. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's smooches there's, and there's their and love like, of dance. And yeah. That's right. And tearing a doll <laughs> apart. Um, so when you do get together with your friends and watch this, I recommend that you drink Zima. Oh. <laughs>
Zima, this is the product description from the, the company. That's perfect. Zima is a clear carbonated cooler distributed by Coors Brewing Company. A great alternative to, this, to, to beer, this drink has an ABV of 4.7, making it the ultimate beach day beverage. The word Zima means winter in Slavic languages. My commentary, Zima, like this movie, is light, easy, transparent, unobtrusive, and doesn't really exist anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Zima was good. It's still around, but, you know. Yeah. It's just kind of like Paps Blue Ribbon. The PBR doesn't exist. The, the no. brand exists, but it's not made by Paps. It's oh, actually oh, made oh. by Miller. I Miller see. Coors. And they just label it because it's, you know. Nostalgic. Right? I remember the first time I got, I had a Zima as a joke. I was just like, ah, it was probably actually Jimmy when we were watching when we were doing what we did. We were like, let's get Zima because it's a girl drink. Yeah, it was like <laughs> super super girl or something. Yeah, like that. oh yeah, I bet I bet that's exactly what it was. And yep. um, I remember <laughs> drinking it and being like, oh no, this is really good. Like I want <laughs> I want to drink. I want to I want this to be a regular thing. But, yeah. yeah, and that it's been replaced time. by red or white claw and mm -hmm. and 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 right. That's uh, the new Zima. Everybody's uh, got a a clear seltzer drink. Wondered what it tasted like, and then yeah, it's like a seltzer. I bet it's like a it, white claw. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, it tasted, and this is another thing that doesn't exist anymore. It tasted almost exactly like Purple Source Rex Kool Aid. Nice, which was I one of that. my favorite things. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it was like Crystal Pepsi. Purple source. Yeah, but Rex Crystal Pepsi Kool -Aid. was more of a sprite thing. Zima was it, it was its own flavor entirely. That's true. And I, mm. I can't. I'm I'm singing the praises of Zima right now, yeah, un, unironically, yeah. because I I love. <laughs> love I love to Zima. get white girl wasted with yeah, Zima. buddy. <laughs> so Audrey, while we're drinking our Zima, what are we going to be eating? Oh, you guys are going to love this. We're going to be <laughs> cooking stew, a chicken vindaloo. <laughs> Vindaloo is a popular Portuguese-influenced Indian dish made by marinating and simmering meat in a spicy vindaloo paste. The term vindaloo refers to meat marinated in wine and garlic. Much like Rogue and Josh, this immensely popular dish is quite commonly found on the Indian restaurant menus and is known to be the spiciest and hottest of the Indian dishes. So while we watch Breaking 2, we'll be eating chicken vindaloo. A I love chicken it. vindaloo. <laughs> I love it. And I like the idea of a stew where there's all kinds of different things go together. Yes. Like oh, this movie. It's like Everybody's a, a melting kinda... pot, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I would have recommended we eat out at the melting pot. Oh, Ooh. good. That would have been nice. A little fondue. It... <laughs> fondue. Electric fondue. Yeah. <laughs> And as far as music goes, we will be going. Uh, we will <laughs> we will be drink, getting uh, white girl wasted with Dan as he does a deep dive into breakdancing music. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, because I so like I said at the beginning, I have both uh, shamefully and and sort of proudly loved certain elements of our noise, which that. That track I played was Beatbox. Uh, they released it the same year, not as a response to this movie, but as a response to breakdancing in general. And that was kind of, for me, that was kind of my only real uh, exposure to that kind of thing. So I was like, hey, I just watched this movie. Let's listen. Let's try to find some actual music from that time. This is In the Bottle by COD. Uno, dos. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Yeah. 
Oh, yes. This is an 808. Um, I was just and I wondering. In, I looked into a little bit of, like, the musical, like, development of this music. Like, what is it that we're hearing, which I always enjoy. Breakdancing, the term, the, the break is, um, you know, in a lot of music where there's like an instrumental section and then at the very end there's a da, 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 or something like the thing that's like now we're done and now we're going to yeah. move on to the next part like the big it's like the big finish but not the big finish of the song like the end of the bridge or something right uh djs in i think brooklyn if i'm remembering correctly found that if they take a bunch of those pieces from all sorts of like highly progressive music a lot of latin a lot of electronic music they, they would just play those breaks over and over again. And then, oh. yeah. And then sometimes people would rap over it. Sometimes they'd have like a keyboard or something over it. And 808 comes in. 808 is an old, old timey drum machine. It's the drums you're hearing right now is an 808. And with that getting invented, you can basically just have the 808 playing a pattern and then DJs can just fill it with breaks. So that's how that happened. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I always thought it was to do it like they could break their arms. Uh, well, <laughs> possibly. So this is old, like this is kind of around that time. And I went to uh, They're just eating SoundCloud. a lot of Kit Kats. <laughs> break me up a piece of that dance right now. Uh, so Arm. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too lost in this, but I did find some on SoundCloud. I looked at B-Boy music because that's what they would call themselves uh and people are still making people are they're still break dancing they're still doing this yeah, it's, it's an olympic Olympics. thing um and uh soundcloud i imagine i know nothing about this but it seems to me that soundcloud would be a place where people would want to go to find their beats so i just went sure. and i went with the most popular ones top four or so we don't have to go through all four of them um which first of all i could download free <laughs> and were mm-hmm. made in the past like five years or so. So this is mm-hmm. awesome. SLB Beats. Clag- I'm going to be pr- mispronouncing a lot of things here. SLB Beat with the track called Claguer. Well, of course, you don't get that very often in breakdance. Well, that's the thing. We've had 20 or so years of evolution. More than that. 40. Almost 40 years of evolution. Think of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the kind of music you would think they'd play at the Paris Olympics. Yeah. Oh yeah, so this guy is definitely, or a person, is definitely working in a lot of more of the Cynthiel areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to sound, you can go to their SoundCloud, it's SLB Beat. Um, Here's another one. This is, uh, I know I'm going to mispronounce this and I'm sorry. Shafin uh, Yupe. And it's just called B Boy Music. Oh, interesting. Gets some like rock and country. Yeah. yeah. Little guitar riff. I like that. Yeah. I When I heard this, I was just like, okay, this is good. I hear some brass in there too. Mm hmm. And it's just, it's just, and, and I mean, now that they don't have to use turntables exclusively, right. this is all they could do non-linear editing. There's, totally. there's a lot of things that can happen here. 
And with kind of the democratization of sound music stuff with, uh, you know, GarageBand just changed that game entirely. Right. So, like, anyone with a Mac can just do this. Totally. And should. And, I mean, if if the impulse is there, absolutely play with it. If that's how things happen. Uh, we got DJ Matt. That's Matt with a, a four. It's the A. And this is The Road. This feels more traditional. Yeah. Well, this has a touch to my ears of like big beat to it. The sound I'm is hearing, I'm, I'm hearing a bit, a bit of English stuff in here. I hear a little like CNC Music Factory. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. But I, I guess what I'm trying to, trying to say is, this person has listened to Chemical Brothers. I'll believe you. <laughs> this one feels the least break out of. The feels more three. disco. Yeah, yeah. That, that. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's right. I that's called that. the road. Yeah, this was going to be our our outro music. But I found something uh, So last one, I got Aristyle. Aristyle. That's A R Y S T Y L. Aristyle. This this is yes. This is Harry Styles. from that boy band. <laughs> yes. Oh. I'm Aristyle. The track is Starlight. <laughs> This could be in an Elmore Leonard movie. 100%. Or like Ocean's Eleven or something. And again, I don't know that this is what people are breakdancing to now, but it was labeled as B-Boy, and there's pictures of people breakdancing on all of the the music. I think this is what they do. We'll find out at the Olympics. I actually might Ooh, watch I like it. That. <laughs> I would. After watching this movie, 100%. Because again, 40 years of evolution, what else are they doing with their bodies? Right. I mean, right. my phone's listening to everything I say and think and do. Uh, and the suggested breakdancing videos that have been popping up that I've been watching are <laughs> so impressive. Like, there's this 19-year-old kid from Japan who's just like, oh my god, it's so cool. I can't even describe it. <clears throat> My- Look it up, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, our, that was okay, yes. very, very yes. emotional. Yeah. Getting over a cold. Yeah, this uh, elect- break-, break into electric boogaloo. Unironically enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Thank you mm-hmm. for the suggestion, Dan. No, I'm I'm really happy. And again, listener, if we're not saying watch it and expect it to be wonderful, watch it expecting to be the movie that you're expecting it to be and have fun. And have fun with it. Just like if you're if you're ready for expect it to be awful, just expect it there to you be go. campy and terrible and, enjoy and the be fact. pleasantly surprised. Very much like the way I watch a very pretty Christmas. It's bad, but it's <laughs> so fun to enjoy the bad. Is it? Um, really? I think so. <laughs> Anyway, well, uh, until next time. So we have uh, other shows on the network. Ears Up, Ears Up In-Depth, the Bantha Milk Podcast, this show, of course, The Supreme Resort, and a new show, Puny Pod, which is a Marvel MCU show. Ooh. Yeah. Producer David and RGH and frequent guests of the network, and probably Eric, because he's on every show. Yep. And, (laughs) by the way, not on our network, but... 
Uh, if anyone's been waiting for Dan Hates the Beatles to come out with a new episode, uh, keep an eye out. We're, 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 we are intending to do The Doors. However, nice. Josh recently had a kid. Well, it's... Oh, wow. But yeah. Uh, so... Time one? is uh, no, 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 the second one. No, so that's oh. the first. But uh, you, you know that means less time. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to be working through the doors at whatever pace we. Is this Dan can hates do. the doors, or is it Dan hates Still the Beatles? Still, Dan hates the Beatles because that's it's smart. the podcast that takes the, that I try to put the least amount of effort into. There you go. <laughs> um, so look out for new episodes of Dan hates the Beatles, starring the Doors. Um, you can reach out to 856-Hour-Ears. Uh, we do not just Disney. We also do basically anything you can find on Expedia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a client that wants to do four rooms, four staterooms on a cruise in June. And so we're working on that together. So that's exciting. You want to do anything, we'll do it for you. you just It's mindless and it doesn't cost you anything extra and jimmy's a trader who loves universal now so he can use suggestions for that it's true yeah i well the the verdict is universal did harry potter better than disney's on anything but the rest of it is just it's they're trying to be like disney but it's just louder and more intense and they just don't succeed but the harry potter stuff is hands down it's unlike anything I've go. ever seen. Specifically in Orlando, when you can take the Hogwarts Express from Diagon Alley to Hogsmeade, the, the time together theming is just remarkable. And it's a master class in themed entertainment. That's all I'm cool. going to say. Disney's still better. Overall. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's it. 856-Hour Ears. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's it, guys. Until we uh, meet again. Until next time when we do Audrey's pick. Be kind. And, and rewind. rewind. Oh, hello there. I'm Dick Sharkbutt, Head of Media and Consumer Relations for Spectrum Cable, Wireless, Media, and Discount Furniture. You may have heard that one of the hosts on this show experienced issues with internet access and this caused you to get access to your favorite podcast in an untimely manner. We at Spectrum Cable, Wireless, Gardening, Media, Discount Furniture, and Bail Bonds pride ourselves on our ability to remind consumers that even though we live in an environment where more and more people rely on internet access in a way that is roughly analogous to their reliance on water, gas, or electricity, We also recognize that until laws are updated to reflect this we are in a position to completely F up your life anytime we want to. This means that if you experience an outage we get to tell you that you are the only person in your zip code with this problem. This might lead you to believe that this means it is probably an easy fix and that we will send someone out immediately. But this is where the real magic of Spectrum Sperm Bank, Cable, Used Cars, Department Collection, and Bridal Repair Stellar Service gets to show its true magic. 
We will then schedule maintenance to come out to fix it a full four days after the reported outage. Sure, you can make repeated calls every day and ask for troubleshooting but the best we can do is to tell you to unplug your modem and router. Please note that if we ask if you have a signal amplifier which might also need to simply be unplugged and plugged back in we will have no inclination to tell you what that looks like or where to find it. We will also have no record of what kind of equipment you have to facilitate this. However, should you ever have the gall to cancel service we will send an itemized list of every item of ours at your home and expect you to return them all within 24 hours. To better assist you, we will continue to be useless for the 4 days you wait for the technician. During this time, we suggest such fun activities as figuring out whether or not your local library has DVDs to check out, trying to find that old box of VHS tapes, and attempting to watch YouTube on your goddamn phone. After waiting for four days in what might feel like complete isolation because you have relied on the internet as your main connection to the outside world after living with a global pandemic for nearly three years, your technician will finally arrive. At this point for your convenience they will ask you why you have the equipment you have. When you cannot answer, they will ask clarifying questions which are actually more confusing. This will be peppered in with personal information, including details about his girlfriend's family. Then after performing a bunch of tests they will realize that you do have an amplifier and that all you need to do is unplug it and plug it back in. Then they'll point out several times how you could have done this yourself if the person who took your call could explain what it looked like and where to find it. This is all part of the excellent service that we at Spectrum Good Time Media oligarchs provide to the people who pay us whatever we decide to charge. Because you have no other choice than to live like an Amish person. Spectrum Good Time Media oligarchs. Because we've trained you to live with it.